Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So today's episode, we're going to be revealing seven ways to get the scales moving again for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. We speak to so many women over 40 who are finding it more and more difficult to get the scales moving. So, you know, they're trying the things that used to work in their 20s and 30s. They want to lose a bit of weight, but they're just seeing no movement at all. So they're spending their money, they're spending their time, they're spending their effort on these diets, on these different approaches. And, you know, for that hard work, they're just not getting the results in, the, in return. And a lot of women end up worrying that they won't be able to stop that weight coming on, and especially to stop that weight coming on around the middle, as it often does in, your, in the 40s and 50s. And it can lead to being in a really difficult situation, you know, not enjoying shopping for clothes, um, not enjoying, like, look, not looking forward to holidays anymore, choosing things to cover up problem areas. And people can just start living their life, you know, not in their best way, just because they feel held back by this weight and unable to do anything about it. And it can be really, really frustrating, especially when you feel like, you know, you don't know what is the solution to this, how to actually get the scales moving. So we thought we'd share seven proven strategies that we've used with thousands of women that we've worked with who are all over 40 that have helped them to get the scales moving quickly and easily and just get them back to where they want to be with their health and, and with their body. Yeah. And the, the first thing we want to do is just go, going to go through all of these seven tips. The first thing I want to do is start with the most obvious one. And it's something we talk about all the time, but tip number one is really before you worry about any of these other tips, what you've got to make sure you do is you actually focus on optimizing your hormones. So the main difference between people who are under 30, people in their twenties, people who are under 40, sorry, people who are in their twenties, in their thirties is that their hormones are much more stable. They're, they, they obviously fluctuate throughout the month for most people, but other than that, the hormones are fairly stable. Once you get into your 40s and into your 50s, your hormone levels tend to be declining. So estrogen, progesterone are declining. Your sensitivity to hormones also changes. So things like insulin resistance increases, which makes it a bit harder to lose weight. Cortisol, uh, the stress hormone, your, uh, your reaction to that is also kind of a little bit more elevated when you're over 40 so you need to be more careful about what you're doing you need to be much more specific about your approach and i often get asked like what is what is what do you do then to optimize your hormones and really it's an entire holistic approach that you've got to take if you want to optimize your hormones so you need to make sure your nutrition is going to be right for your hormones and that's the amount of food you're consuming and the types of food you're consuming and drink as well You've also got to make sure the type of exercise you're doing, we're going to come on to that as a separate whole point actually today, is also optimized to where you're at now. So if you've got achier joints, your hormones again are changing, the weight doesn't come off as easily. You've got to make sure you do the right kind of exercise that's also going to optimize those hormone levels to give you the best chance of seeing that weight loss. And then the last thing you've got to work on as well is stress. So around all of that, you've got to make sure that you actually optimize your stress levels so that you're actually able to see weight loss because the stress hormone cortisol actually blocks weight loss and it causes weight gain around the middle so if you can't optimize that if you can't actually keep that at bay then what will happen is you get that classic sort of middle-aged spread body and not much you can do even we see people who are doing like multiple gym classes a day before lockdown but multiple classes a day maybe they're doing multiple virtual ones now they're barely eating anything and the weight just isn't shifting 
And often that's down to cortisol. So you've got to optimize your approach to mean you optimize your hormones. And what this is kind of like is you can imagine that when this isn't optimized, and this is what a lot of people are doing. So they're just trying generic exercise or generic diets, slimming, slimming clubs, or they might be trying shake diets, or they might be just trying to eat healthy and do it on their own. It's kind of like you're trying to swim against the current. It's like there's a really, really strong current in the river. Imagine, imagine there's a really rough river. It's been a really heavy rainfall and you're trying to swim against the current and it's just absolutely exhausting. And often you end up going nowhere and getting swept downstream. And that's kind of like what happens with a lot of people with their weight. They end up trying really hard, but no matter what they do, the weight just keeps going up and up and up and up throughout their forties. And for some people into their fifties as well. So what this is like is if you do optimize your hormones, so if you get your nutrition in the right place, so that's going to be food choices, amount of food as well, limiting things like alcohol and caffeine, which can have a really significant impact, especially if you're perimenopausal, menopausal. If you can optimize all those things and also make sure your stress levels kept at bay, again, that's a separate point we'll talk about in more detail. Then what it's going to be like is not only swimming with the current, but it's almost like getting into a speedboat, getting out of that river, just which is not a very pleasant place to be, getting in that speedboat and then going downstream. So it's really, really easy, really, really quick. And you get to where you want to be twice as fast or years, years quicker. And this is what we see with all our clients. We've got some, some um, results we'll talk about later on in the program, uh, in the program, in the podcast. Um, but if you can optimize your hormone levels, what you'll find is you're actually able to get that scale moving pretty quickly. And we get clients who lose one to two stone um, in, in three months or less. Some people actually even more than that so I had a client recently, Catherine, who lost even more than that um, just by working on optimizing those hormone levels. So that's the first thing I'd recommend you do before you worry about anything else is make sure you're using an approach that's going to optimize those hormones. Now, Ben, what, what else do you recommend people do? Tip number two. So once you've ticked that kind of most important box, which is that, as you said, Rob, that's like the key thing. If you're over 40, like getting something which optimizes those hormones should be your number one priority. Um, but of course, like the rest of the, there's a whole other approach that needs to be in place as well. So the, another, the second tip we've got is just to kind of eliminate problem foods. So you'll probably know this already, but the, the way the body works is, you know, if you want to get your weight coming down, if you want to get body fat coming off, you need to be taking in slightly less food than your body needs. It doesn't need to be, you don't have to, people drop their calories down to like 1200 or a thousand a day. That's not needed. But you can't be like massively overeating every single day. So first thing to look at would be, I'd probably just ask yourself the question, like what are the, what are the biggest problem foods for you? What do you find, you know, that you struggle to, to not have? It's, and I would be looking at those things which contain lots of sugar. So, you know, we're talking cakes, biscuits, chocolates, sweets, all of those kind of things. I'd be looking at alcohol. So some people have a problem kind of staying away from the, the wine or the gin and tonics. Um, and then there are other things which are just really, really easy to consume a huge amount of calories from. And like intuitively, you'll know what like crisps, bread, pastries, you know what these unhealthy foods are. So kind of first of all, just identify what are these problem foods for you. Um, and then it's just about eliminating those from your diet. Now, the way we do this with our clients, I think, you know, there are a lot of approaches out there which tell you, you know, you should, you can never have sugar again. You can never have this. You can never have that. You need to ban these foods completely. Um, in an ideal world, if you wanted to get someone the fastest possible results, that would work really well. But the problem with banning all of these things is it tends to lead to, you know, you'll, you'll starve yourself and cut these things out. And then eventually the cravings will, will get worse and worse and worse. And you feel like you've got no flexibility and 
you're getting fed up and frustrated with not being able to eat what you want. And then people tend to swing the other way and they, you know, they'll binge on these unhealthy foods purely because they weren't allowed them essentially. So the approach I kind of recommend would be aim to make like 80% of the food that you eat all good, healthy stuff. So, you know, we're talking fruits, we're talking vegetables, um, you know, like healthy carbs, like rice and like potatoes and, you know, nuts, all of those type of things. And then the other 20% allow that to be a bit more flexible. And the way to really avoid being in the situation where, you know, you're, you know, you're constantly picking at these unhealthy foods is just to change your environment to really suit that new way of eating. So a good way of doing this is just to take all of that unhealthy stuff and put it in a place where it's more difficult for you to access it. So if you just temporarily wanted to get rid of stuff, um, you wanted to kind of just reset those cravings by removing those bad foods from your diet. One thing you can do is just give away all your unhealthy stuff temporarily, which is a bit of an extreme approach, but you could also, like a lot of people as well, their families, you know, they, the people in their family don't necessarily want to cut out all these foods. You can put them in a box or a cupboard with a lock on it that you can't access so that you don't have to rely on your own willpower in order to in order to make those good food choices because the thing with willpower is as you go through any kind of journey fitness journey your your motivation your willpower is going to do this it's going to be up and down depending on what's going on with your work with your family with your stress levels just with your general mindset and your general mood and it's at those times where your motivation and your willpower really starts to dip down that's when people tend to they fall off the wagon they they gravitate towards the wrong things and you know, they, they go completely off track. And a lot of the times when people go off track a little bit, they tend to just throw in the towel and they go off track for an extended period of time. And that's, that's really the thing to avoid. So I would say, as, as I said before, just aim to eat, like limit those unhealthy foods to about 20% of what you eat. Um, you can either do this by just, you know, getting a feel for it or, you know, a more accurate way is to actually just start tracking and tracking and um, being aware of everything you are taking in um, to know where those foods are coming from. And then again, try not to rely on willpower for this. I would say change your environment, limit your access to these foods. Um, and then if you implement that with the optimizing hormone stuff and some of the other tips we put in today, it's going to make it really, really easy and really, really simple for you to, for you to lose that weight and for you to get back to where you want to be. I can really relate to this one at the moment. We've, um, Lucy, my partner's just baked a banana bread the other day because we had loads of bananas left. I don't know if anyone else has found that happen. I know my mum did the same thing and um, she baked like this chocolate banana loaf and it's absolutely delicious, really moist, but also like really nicely cooked. And it's been on the side and basically every day I've been going in and like cutting a bit off and eating it just because it's there. And this isn't something I'd usually do because generally I, I understand that you've got to optimize your environment like Ben was saying and remove these things or at least just not have them in such a tempting place to actually improve these these food choices so usually I'd make sure I have limited amounts of food that are things that I, I would eat too much of because Ben and I are human and we both find the same problem if we have loads and loads of crisps on the side or sweets or whatever it is you just start picking at them and it's the same thing with this banana loaf I've been eating it every day just because it's there and at the moment, I don't have any weight loss aspirations. Um, so it's not a huge deal. But if I wanted to lose weight, that would be the first thing I would get rid of. And I just find even putting it like the simplest thing you could do if you're listening to this is just put it in the cupboard, out of sight in like a box, in a tin, put it behind some stuff, like just make it hard, like not an easy to access cupboard either, like a cupboard that's a bit further away. 
make sure people know where it is, but put it there. And then just not seeing it is like a, is, is, is even a step in the right direction. It's not the only thing we'd suggest. And we work on lots more of this with our clients, but it's a huge step in the right direction. And having these kind of simple tactics in place can make a massive difference. Same thing as just like having the wine in the fridge ready to go cold. If you know you can't control it and you're just going to end up drinking the bottle every time, make it more difficult. Have a small bottle of wine in the, in the fridge or, um, or remove it altogether if, if you really want to see quick results, as Ben said. So changing your environment is definitely key to, to getting those problem foods under control. Okay, tip number three. So we've talked about optimizing hormones. We've also talked about improving your food choices, which have a massive impact on your hormones anyway. But the third thing that will also have a big impact on your hormones is to do the right kind of exercise. So one thing we see and we hear from loads of women we talk to on the phone when we do our consultations with people who are interested in joining our Over 40 program is that they're doing loads of exercise and they're not seeing results or they used to do exercise and they weren't really seeing results. So they kind of just stopped. So people are doing things like running, jogging, swimming. Um, they may be doing things like home hit classes. So high interval in impact training. They may have been doing gym classes, spin classes, all of this exercise, which is great. It gets you really, really sweaty. It can be quite, gives you quite an endorphin rush, but a lot of this exercise, if not all of it is not optimized for women over 40. It's just generic exercise that people in their twenties are doing. People in their thirties are doing men are doing women are doing. And unfortunately it doesn't really work very well for women over 40. And we've seen loads of people not be able to lose weight doing it, even if they're doing tons and tons of exercise. Like I know Ben was working with someone recently who'd been doing three, was it three gym classes a day? Was that what she was? Yeah, yeah. I think three a day. And she just couldn't lose weight. And the point is what you want to focus on is this type of exercise that's going to actually help optimize your hormones whilst keeping your stress hormone level quite low. So I talked about cortisol earlier, the stress hormone. If that gets too high, your body cannot lose weight and it will also cause weight gain around the middle. So you want to keep that in check whilst also being able to do all the things you need to optimize your hormones, which are to increase your metabolism um, and increase your muscle mass. Um, and do a few other things as well that help to kind of counteract the side effects of aging. So that's what we try and focus on in our side of our programs. So we focus on a, a type of training called list training, which is low impact strength training. And this can be done from home. And basically what this is, is, is stuff that doesn't involve jumping around stuff that doesn't involve um, really, really crazy intense exercise. that's going to hammer your stress levels and mean you're not able to lose weight. And it's, it's slower more deliberate strength training, which will build up your muscles, which will then build up your metabolism again, which is something that naturally reduces as you get older, especially if you're going through things like menopause or perimenopause. And what that will then do is mean you're able to lose weight. You're able to see the, the scales dropping as well as see the inches changing um, without having to do a crazy amount of exercise. So our clients typically just do three, um, three workouts a week, about 40, 45 minutes max. They do it from home. And they're able to lose, as I said earlier, one to two stone, one to two dress sizes in, in three months. So the proof's kind of in the pudding there that they don't have to do that much in order to actually see um, amazing results with the right type of training. And again, this is, this is kind of like um, taking some, a sort of laser-focused approach. So you, don't, you can do a lot less and get much, much better results. Um, whereas doing all of this, this really extreme training is kind of like... Um, kind of like just, just, just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it's going to stick, just doing more and more and more, but it's not really very tactical. It's like almost trying to work. Let's say you're, you're, you're doing your work at home and 
you're trying to work, but you're also trying to cook. You're also trying to do all these different things at once. You're not very focused. You're not doing something that's very um, productive. And it takes you all day. It takes you all week. You're working all weekend just to try and get the job done just because you're not very focused um, and you're not doing doing a very good job of the work. You're kind of flitting between tasks. You're not doing something that's very, very, very effective. Whereas if you just focused on the, on the most important tasks to get the job done that you're doing and you just gave it your all for a few focus hours a day, let's say normal, normal working day, seven, eight hours a day, you could then take the whole weekend off and you don't have to work anywhere near as much. And it's kind of the same thing with this list training. You can do a hell of a lot less and get much, much better results by doing the right type of training for you now you're over 40. So that's the third thing I'd recommend you do is, is focus on the right type of exercise that's going to get you much, much better results for, for minimal sort of effort. So on top of that, though, there's a bit more you can do with your activity and you probably are interested in that. So Ben's going to go into that in terms of what else you can do. Yeah, so the, the other thing you can do, so, you know, first of all, optimize that, that type of exercise you're doing. But then another thing which has become kind of more and more important, especially in this current situation where people are getting, you know, people are less active generally. Some people are more active. Some people are finding they're doing like double the amount of dog walks, for example, but other people are a lot less active. They're finding they're working from home and not having to leave the house. They're not having to go anywhere. And that kind of overall activity level is, is reducing. But one of the, the things you can, that's kind of really key to, to seeing results with this is increasing what's called NEAT. So what that stands for is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I want to say, is that, yeah. is that right, Rob? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> all these complicated terms but yeah. basically um a good way to look at this is you know let, let's say that you aim for ten thousand steps a day usually i'm just going to keep the math nice and simple but let's say that because of lockdown and everything that has dropped down to 500 steps no five thousand steps a day rather than ten thousand steps a day that difference in five thousand steps is actually going to make a significant difference in the amount, of, the amount of energy that your body is, is expending during the day. So for every, a thousand, for every thousand steps, your body burns around 40 calories. So for 5,000 steps down, you're about 200 calories down on your overall activity that you're doing each day. Now, it might sound like a lot, but it, it might not sound like a lot. But if you add up, you know, let's say it's, you know, you're 5,000 to 10,000 steps lower. So it's 200 to 400 calories lower per day. Add that up over the course of a week. And that could be enough to kind of offset any results that you might see from all the effort you're putting in with your exercise and with your, with your nutrition. So one, like at the moment it's really, really key. I would say like start being aware of how many steps you're taking and how much activity you're doing. You could either use like an activity tracking watch. You could make sure that you take your phone around with you just to track your steps, but just kind of get an idea of how much, ex how much exercise and how much general activity you're doing. And, try and keep that to a decent level. Try and keep that to, you know, I'd say probably eight to 10,000 steps would be a good place to start. Um, and just kind of build that into part of your day. So for example, if you're having to take phone calls for work, but you're working at home, take those phone calls standing up. And like, if, if you're not having to be on a, a video call, cause that would look very strange. Um, if you're not on a video call, just you can walk around the room, walk around the house, pace up and down. Your family might think you've, you know, you've gone a bit mad, but, you, you know that you're just getting that activity level up and you're getting that kind of overall calorie burn for the day up. Like if, if we kind of compare this, if you could burn 200 calories doing 5,000 steps, that might be the, the same amount of calories that you could burn doing like a 30 minute cardio session. So 
it is a really significant amount. And I think for most people, especially if you know, you're not the type of person who loves going out jogging or loves going out or doing really sweaty, difficult workouts. Most people I think would probably enjoy doing another 5,000 steps a day, going out for a nice relaxing walk than putting in another exercise session every single day, seven days a week. So it might, it might seem like it's an insignificant thing or like it won't make much difference that you're spending a bit more time sat down, a bit more time just relaxing at home. But it's really, really important to increase that kind of baseline energy level and but baseline activity level and keep that as high as you possibly can because it's, it's just kind of free results, just as a result of getting, just as a, as a result of getting out, clearing your head, getting some fresh air. You can burn enough calories to actually see some significant results in terms of your body and in terms of your your weight loss, especially when combined with that list training that Rob talked about before, and you know the other tips with nutrition that we're going to go through in this in this call today. Yeah, this this is something I've actually had to work on. I'm sure Ben has as well with lots yeah, of yeah, yeah. One -one clients is getting this activity level back up because we work with a lot of busy professional women who are now working from home and they typically have been commuting to work. Maybe some of them even taking the train, so walking to the train, walking from the train to the office or taking their kids to school and doing the school run. And the steps just add up throughout that experience. And a lot of people found, I actually had a client said she usually did 10,000 steps before 10 a.m., which I think is pretty unusual, but you know, a lot of people have been a lot more active pre-lockdown. So it is a really important thing to, to, to notice. And the last thing I'd say on this point as well is this kind of um, sort of subtle activity, but it's important activity, as Ben said, is a lot better than trying to, or for, for people over 40, it's a lot better than trying to add in loads more intense exercise because you do, as you get older, you do unfortunately have this limit of how much stress you can take and it, it reduces. As I said, you become more sensitive to the stress hormone cortisol. So it's actually going to be more effective to just do some gentle walking around as well as being better for your joints than doing like, let's say I'm doing really hard hit class that's where I sit down all day, then do this really hard hit class or really hard spin class where I'm absolutely smashing it, really, really pushing, really, really hard, drenched in sweat. And actually you burn exactly the same amount of calories, but you've done it in a way more intense way that's got your stress hormones going through the roof. And then the weight actually is going to come off much, much more, more it's going to be much more difficult to get to come off. So not only as Ben said, it's probably more appealing, especially when the weather's nice like it is now, but on top of that, it could also be um, a lot more effective for you because it's going to keep those hormones, um, it's going to keep them optimal um, and manage that stress, especially if you have a stressful career. So on top of that, so we've talked about four things so far. Tip number five, one thing we really, really um, suggest you actually do is consider investing in something. And this may seem biased because obviously we, we have a program that costs money to invest in, but it doesn't matter what you invest in. Invest in something Ideally, that's going to be right for you, but invest in something so that you have some skin in the game. And what I really mean by that is if you struggle with motivation, consider kind of how you value doing something or how motivated you stay with doing something when you haven't actually paid a penny for it, when it's free. Most of us don't value free stuff much. Let, let's imagine you, I don't know if you've ever bought something really, really cheap, like um, let's say some, a really cheap pair of shoes. Don't know if you've ever done this, but let's say you bought some cheap practical shoes to like go and do the gardening or something like that. We, we have no qualms about going straight out, getting them muddy. They all get all messed up really, really quickly. And you just think, oh, yeah, you know, they were cheap. So we don't really value it very much. Whereas if you bought a really expensive pair of shoes. So for Christmas, I got a nice pair of um, these Ted Baker 
they're sort of trainers, but smart trainers. And I've barely worn them since Christmas. And I only wear them for special occasions because they're so nice. They're like fresh leather, whatever, fresh leather is the wrong word, but they're leather shoes. They smell really nice. Depends yeah. on say fresh leather. Um, and um, I, I just don't want to get them all muddy and messed up. And I have another pair of shoes, similar to some suede shoes that I'll only wear out because I've actually invested quite a lot of money in them. They're like a hundred pound shoes. I really, really don't want to just ruin them. And it's the same thing with, with anything in life. Like if you think about your career, the reason we go into work and work so hard, maybe you love doing it. Like we love what doing what we do, but a lot of the motivation also comes from we get paid in return. There's, there's a financial incentive to do it. And if we got paid nothing, it'd be much easier to lose that motivation when, when it's not going well, when it's really hard and just think, sod it. Why am I doing this job? I don't get anything for it. The same thing we see happen loads with fitness as well. So we occasionally take people on who, um, who have like a following, who have a blog or things like this. And we often see that they, they find it hard to stay motivated because we'll give them a free program and they just don't value it the same way. Whereas people who've invested, I hear it literally every week. I have people on the phone tell me one of the strange things that they find is when they've actually put money down for something, they stick to it and they follow it through with it. So it's just worth thinking about what can you invest in that will mean you actually stick to this. Like I've actually just bought a barbell because um, I know gyms will be closed for quite a while. That's my assumption anyway. I think gyms will be closed for a while and it was quite expensive. Um, so bar and some weights to go on the bar, but I'm now really, really motivated to use it because again, it was a big investment for me. I don't want that to go to waste. So if you're struggling with motivation, another thing to consider is doing it on your own, just trying to do it on the cheap. Is that really, really working for you? And in our experience, it, it doesn't really work very well. You have to actually put some something that you can lose on the line. And, and for a lot of us, that is money because most of us don't want to waste money. So that's our fifth tip. Very quick and simple one, but a very, very powerful one that shouldn't be underestimated is the value of investing in something so you actually stick to it and then you get those results and then you can get on with enjoying your life. But I what, think, um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ben. I think as well, a lot for a lot of people who you know, that they struggle with their weight, they struggle with their appearance and things. They can have, they can have kind of a real, a real kind of issue with investing in themselves. Like they feel like they're almost not worth that investment. Like a lot of the people that we see, you know, they are, they're amazing mums. They're, they're amazing in their career. Like they give everything in their career. They give everything to their family. But then when it comes to investing in themselves, they feel quite a lot of guilt, like attached to that. And they feel quite a lot of difficulty in, in investing in yourself. But it's, it's just kind of important to like if you're thinking like well you know i'd really like to do this i'd really like to change my life to lose some weight to feel happier etc but you know i can't justify the cost i need to spend it on this 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 instead just kind of consider that if you don't invest in yourself and if you don't allow yourself to to be the best version of you that you can be to be happy to feel confident to kind of get everything that you want then it's really difficult to then perform and to, you know, to perform at work, to be there for your family, to do all the other things that you want to do. So like by taking care of yourself, you're really helping yourself to take care of everybody else and everything else that's, that's really important to you as well. Yeah, definitely. Like you, if you don't put yourself first, and this is something as Ben said, we find mums that we coach especially find this hard mm. um, because there's that mum guilt, then no one else is going to do it for you. And that's a really, really difficult thing to, to come to terms with. And a lot of the people we work with spend money on everyone else in the family. They, they, they make sure they have all the greatest things, they have great schooling, all the rest of it, but they leave themselves last. So again, sometimes you've got to swing that balance your way. So as Ben said, you, you are the best version of yourself for them. And 
one thing I'd ask is like, who else is affected by this? That's one thing I know Ben, ben uses a coaching question quite a lot. It's really good is to think about how you feel right now, but how that affects other people. So does it make you grumpier with other people? Does it make you snappier with other people? Does it affect your relationship and you're not as confident and forthcoming as you'd like to be and have such a good time um, as you'd like to be? Are you not able to join in with things with the family? And what's that really worth? Because if you're spending thousands of pounds a year on holidays, and um and all this other great stuff but you're not really enjoying it you're never showing up in any of the pictures and all the rest of it then that money is it's not lost but it it could be enjoyed more um and maybe you can reallocate some of the funds especially now as we can't really go on holidays um to, to you and to investing in yourself now what's what's another thing we can do we've covered we covered five points we've done five got yeah, two five, more yeah. tips for you today for how to lose weight over 40. So point number six then is to, is to manage stress. Now Rob's already, you've already talked about the importance of, of, of stress and the role that that plays, Rob. Um, you know, there are certain things you can do, like doing the right type of exercise, not kind of overstressing the body by cutting calories right down. Um, but there are active things and active steps you can take to manage stress at the same time. So, you know, through some very, very simple mindset tools, it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time. It doesn't have to be really, really difficult. But just through like a few minutes a day, you can really bring your stress level down. Like there's only two ways that you're going to reduce those levels of stress hormones. So the first way that you can reduce those level of stress hormones is going to be to start removing some of the stuff that you're doing in your life. So, you know, maybe taking on a less stressful job, uh, expecting less of yourself with what you do with your family. You can sort of drop your standards of everything down. But I think most people, they don't want to do that, you know. Most people would rather still be able to do the same amount of stuff, but then bring that stress level down. Um, so be in the same situation, but feel less stressed in that same situation. And I think there's two main ways to tackle this. So the first way to tackle this is kind of just to directly deal with stress. So a lot of stress, I think, comes because, you know, people don't allow themselves to slow down and, and allow themselves to relax and allow themselves to, to chill out. So one of the best ways to do this and one of the best ways to get some real quality, like de-stressing time is just with some meditation. Now, meditation, you might think, oh, meditation, that's kind of a hippie-ish thing. I don't, that's not for me, but it doesn't have to be anything like that. You don't have to be sitting around chanting and humming and doing whatever. All you need to do is just take, and I would start really, really small. So take two minutes out of your day every day. Just sit back in your chair, lie back in your bed, just get yourself comfortable and then just breathe nice and deeply just take deep breaths and just count your breaths from one to ten and then just count from one to ten again and just so just breathe in and just go one two and then just keep counting and counting if you lose track of where you count to go back to one again just set yourself a timer do that deep breathing for two minutes and then you'll you will feel at the end of that you'll feel an instant reduction in that stress you'll feel calm you'll feel clear you'll feel focused and that's all it takes then if you know if you want to take things a bit deeper if you want to go and you know learn how to do some more complicated forms of meditation or do some more time then worry about that later but i would say for now if there's one thing you do today to reduce your stress level just do some do some of that very very simple deep breathing so that's kind of the first way to like directly attack that stress the other way that you can deal with that is 
looking at your thoughts. So all of the stress that you experience and all of the mindset issues generally that you experience, whether that's losing motivation, you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling anxious, is all going to come down to your thoughts rather than what's actually happening to you. So something happens at work and then it's your thoughts around that, like, oh, this is so frustrating that this happened. He shouldn't have done that. I should have been better all of those thoughts then swirl around in your head and they cause you a load of stress, whether it's about work, whether it's about family, et cetera. So what we do with our clients is we work over a 12 week period is probably too complicated a topic to be able to go through in this, this podcast, unfortunately, but we look at basically taking those, those negative thought patterns and then unpacking those and turning them into kind of a, turning them into a positive or, or like look, being able to look at those things in a different, a different point of view. So, overall by changing that thinking the result that you want to get from this is you are in the same situation you're doing the same amount of stuff with work same amount of stuff with family but you feel a lot less stressed in that same situation and if you're going to look at one resource to try and figure this out i would get go and have a look at the book loving what is by byron katie that kind of we've we kind of loosely base the processes we use on on that book um but yeah, that's just one resource you can use. And then I've got another tip for managing stress. The, the, the kind of final thing I would probably say is also just look at, look at if there are any things in your environment that you can change to reduce that stress. So, you know, there will be situations where maybe there is just too much work on your plate. Um, there's too much stuff on your plate to do, especially with people who are very focused in their career and, you know, they want to achieve, they want to get things done. But sometimes you get put in an impossible situation where you're having to work. You know, I've worked with people who they're working like 12 hour days, 13 hour days. People are asking them to, you know, you have to get this done for Monday morning. So I need you to work over the weekend, even though it's a bank holiday, that type of thing. Um, and especially when, you know, a lot of companies at the moment, some companies are experiencing a lot of difficulty because of this whole coronavirus lockdown situation. So they're expecting more of their employees in order to kind of, cope with the, the demands of everything that's going on so have a look at your situation as well and see are there any things that are just causing massive stress and it's just an impossible situation no matter how much meditation or mindset work you do you're not going to be able to reduce that and then it usually just comes down to a difficult conversation whether that's just you know saying to your boss or whatever you know actually this is really starting to affect me i'm feeling you know too stressed and too overwhelmed with this can we get someone else in to help with this or can we push the deadline back? Um, so yeah, also just look at those external things that you can control to try and reduce that stress as well. So you can look at meditation, you can look at changing your thoughts and you can look at your overall kind of stress environment as well. I don't know if there's any other, any other tips you've got Rob that you wanted to add. You could, uh, the only other thing I was thinking of is it's kind of linked to all those things, but is you're talking about environment there again, can you make your, environment or do something to get into a less stressful environment and I, what i mean by that is the the literal environment around you sometimes so earlier this week i think it was monday or tuesday um we i was having a really stressful day with work it was a really really busy day um i typically work till seven o'clock minimum on tuesday anyway because i take some calls with clients and um it just was getting a bit much and some of these days Ben and I are human. The same thing happens to us some days. It was just all getting a little bit much. And I was, I was, it was all, it was all going on in my head and I just couldn't get out of it. And so what I did was I just thought, you know, this isn't working. I'm just trying to work through the problem and I will get there. I know I can work through it, but I was just getting all, sort of all wound up in my head. So 
what I did was I just shut my laptop. Um, I just went, I, I, I immediately just put my shoes on and just went for a short walk. And I walked out for probably 10 minutes and sat down for a minute, just sat down. It was a really nice sunny day under a tree. And then by the time I came back, I was already feeling a hell of a lot better. And sometimes you just have to break out of your, your current environment to, to reduce their stress level as well. Because what tends to happen otherwise is you probably keep going and keep going, grinding yourself into the ground. And then what we see with a lot of clients is then that's when they turn and just go into the kitchen and just say, all the snacks are here. I'm just going to absorb a half a pack of biscuits and it's just gone before you know it. Or yeah, you know, open the cupboard, eat, eat half a pack of sharing bag of crisps or whatever, just because it's overwhelming. And if you can, if you can release that before it gets to that level. And I, I do think meditation and the thought transformer exercise, we do the better ways to consistently do it. And that's something I also do every morning, um, but it can still get too much. It's just to hit pause, change your scene quickly before it leads to stress eating or stress drinking. And then you'll feel much better. And I was actually working on a client with this on, on Monday. Um, she's, she's working really, really hard. She, loads of her um, team have been furloughed. So she's having to take on a massive workload for loads of the rest of her team. And she, she manages the team. And she was saying, what I've been doing is getting home from, she's had to be driving around as well to, to locations that she manages, even though it's, um, I know it's lockdown, but she has to because they're um, key workers. And she said, what she's been doing is just coming home and going straight in um, and then not, not getting out at all into the outdoors all day. And she's been feeling really crap for it. So I said, how about you drive, when you drive back home from work, you just go for a quick walk. And that's what she's been doing now. I'm feeling way, way better. It's just getting home, parking the car, going for like a 10, 15 minute walk before going into the house. And then because she's got outside, which is a thing we naturally crave anyway, as humans, um, got a bit of sun, had a little bit of time to breathe. Can also leave the phone in the car. That's another amazing environmental change that can make a whole host of differences is just leaving your phone somewhere just for a bit. So I leave mine often when I go on a walk. By the time then she's coming to the house, she's feeling so much better. She's not tempted to then stress eat. She's able to just eat the things she's got prepared and make much better choices. Yeah, one, I've just, you've just kind of uh, sparked another one into my mind that I thought of before and it disappeared. But other kind of, like uh, that environmental change that you said, kind of, you know, leaving the phone in the car, Another thing you can do, especially with people who are really, really into work, the type of people who are always, you know, in their emails, always kind of thinking about work and doing work, especially that like late night work on the sofa, on the laptop, just make sure that your work day has like a, a solid end date. So whatever time you're supposed to finish work, try and just finish work at that time every day. And then after that, when you're having that relaxation time, whether that's watching TV, spending time with your family, etc., really disconnect and allow that to be you know, real relaxation time. The, the danger comes, I think, when you allow your work to spill into your relaxation time so that you're, you're never actually relaxing, you're never actually getting some time to chill out and not have to think about work. And then what tends to happen then is you become less productive at work and then you allow some of that like relaxation, social media, whatever, to creep into your work day as well. So the whole day, you're kind of in this unproductive state where you're not resting, but you're also not working really focused. So just think about like, how to split that in a really, really healthy way, really healthy work-life balance where you have like solid focus time where you really work and then solid relaxation time, which is necessary if you're going to perform at a high level to kind of allow yourself to regenerate so that next day, the next day you can attack that work and you can, and you can perform at your best. Definitely. And it's also necessary to avoid the stress eating that again, a lot of the people we work with typically have experienced in the past with their high pressure jobs. Mm. Now they're now they're a bit old. They've climbed the career ladder. We see this as again as a 
if they don't take that time off at any point, the people I see who really struggle with feeling really low um, and emotional eating and all of this stuff are often the same people that are working the really long hours because they never get any time to reward themselves by saying, I'm going to have this time to relax. I'm going to have this time to spend with my family. And so what ends up happening is the only enjoyment they can get, the only sort of distraction from the work is food or drink. So that's when it suddenly goes work, 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 work. If you've got kids, maybe looking after them as well. But then the minute that's over and you've worked 12 hours, 14 hours every single day, work through the weekend, as Ben said, constantly checking emails, there's never a time for you to actually feel like I've rewarded myself. I've had a break. I've enjoyed myself. So what ends up happening is then it's just the only, only outlet is food and drink. And it's a very, very common thing. So that's one other thing to consider is that time. It may not seem like it's needed. It may seem like it's more productive to get all the work done. But it how, what, what impacts it having on your health? So if you want to lose the weight, I'd suggest making sure, you, as Ben said, you have a hard end to your work day. You have some, I also think it's a good to kind of bookend your work day. So there's something that marks it as the end. So it could be you do a bit of yoga. It could be you go on a walk outside. Something to get quickly shift from the work gear into the relaxation gear rather than just staying in the same room, which is so easy to do when we're all at home for now. And then hopefully you'll feel a hell of a lot better and you won't feel the need to turn to that food and drink. And that will also help with that, with that weight loss. So I just want to give a quick recap. So we've covered six points so far. So we've covered that you need, if you want to get the weight moving, get the scales moving over 40 again, this is what we've seen proven with our clients works really well. First, we've got to optimize your hormones with your whole approach. And we do that through eliminating problem foods. That was our second point, making sure you're eating the right foods and right amount for you. Doing the right kind of exercise. So we recommend list training works best. Um, increasing your non-exercise activity. So that's increase your needs. So that was point number four. Um, by, and avoiding doing too much intense exercise. So getting that activity in through low intensity stuff like walking. Invest in yourself to actually get motivated to actually make this change. That was point number five. And then number six was to manage your stress levels. Now, point number seven kind of wraps all of those up. And you may be thinking that all of that sounds like it's quite a lot, right? It's quite a lot of different things to work on. And it is. Um, they're all interlinked. But if you do think that sounds kind of overwhelming, this is why we, we, we exist. This is why we put together our Fit Over 40 program because we break that down into a 12-week process bit by bit every single week and give you the support or give our clients the support they need to actually make those changes over that time. And we break it down into simple phases so that it isn't something that's overwhelming. And that brings me into point number seven, which is to get the support and accountability you need to actually make this change because... I'll have you consider that if you could actually do this on your own, you probably already would have done this on your own. But if you knew how to make this change happen, you would have already done it on your own. And a lot of us think it somehow reflects badly on us if we can't do this on our own. I do speak to people every, every week who say, I should have been able to figure this out on their own. And in my experience, it just doesn't work like that for, for 99% of people. This is very, very difficult to do on your own, especially if you have a stressful career and your hormones are changing. So you can't just do any sort of typical approach anymore and it's gonna work. You need something very specific and tailored to you in your situation. And so my last tip really to, to make the scales, get the scales moving over 40 is to get the support and accountability you need so that A, you know what to do and have someone there. So when, if you don't know what to do, they can tell you what to do. And that's what we do with all our clients, but also give you the accountability so that when you're having one of those hard days or hard weeks, there's someone there to say, did you do it? and to pick you back up and get you on the wagon if you're struggling. And that's exactly what we do with our clients. And we, we have one-to-one -one phone calls with, with many of our clients every week. 
And one thing I hear all the time from those clients is it's going really well. The weight's all coming off for them. As I said, many lose one to two stone or one to two dress sizes in, in three months. But they're always telling me that actually it's all going really well. But if they, and they don't necessarily need the phone call every week, but they like to have it because they know if they didn't have it, they would go off track. If they didn't have that phone call booked in, they'd think, what's the point? And just give up on themselves because it's very, very easy to do. And that's what they've done in the past. But because they know that phone call's coming, because they know I'm going to ask them or Ben's going to ask them, what have you been doing this week? They stick to it. They make sure they stick to it. And this becomes a habit over time. And then they're also able to see that weight loss um, come off, but also sustain it as well long term. So my last tip is to get that support and accountability you need um, to, to actually make this happen. So you're not just struggling alone. You actually have the support there to make it through. And it's, it's again, just like with work, you have a boss there who keeps you motivated, who, who, who checks up on you and keeps you accountable. You have colleagues there who support you as well that you can talk to and you can work with. It's having that team around you so that you're not just trying to do this on your own. You're not just trying to do the whole company on your own, run the whole company on your own. At the same time, you're not trying to just fix this really, really difficult problem just on your own whilst also trying to manage your family life or whilst also trying to manage your stressful career and everything else that's going on. And we have a few examples of, of different people um, we've worked with and, and how this has worked for them. So I'll let you go into this, Ben. How about you go into um, a couple of examples? And I'll, whilst you do that, I'll bring up some pictures of them. But I'll shut up for now. Cool. So the first example then is, is Patricia. And she started working with us when she was 57. She is a business owner. She owns a, a large kind of uh, landscape gardening business. She's a mother. She's a wife. And she got to the point where she'd hit rock bottom after her mother passed away and she slipped into a downward spiral with food and alcohol and the weight was just like piling on. So she came to us because she wanted to take control of her health and her fitness. And, but what she got was kind of more than she planned. So she did drop from a size 14 to a size eight, which is, you know, a massive achievement, but she also, she saw big results. I'm going to have lost my, uh, I've lost the words now. I don't, can't remember how to get this. I just put them back up on uh, on the screen. So you can see, as Ben said, she went from a size 14 to an eight, which is on my screen, on the screen now. I'll, I'll, I'll unshare it again, Ben, so you can continue. I figured it out, yeah. So yeah, she said, I've now gone from a size eight. I'm now a size eight, which is beyond what I wanted to achieve. So my marriage is a lot better. I'm much happier with that side of things. Um, Work-wise, I've had the best profit, the best year profit-wise that we've ever had. And I don't think it can be just a coincidence. And the thing that's changed is me. So yeah, really amazing results. Um, next one then is from Susie. So I got this message the other week. So Susie said, looking back and seeing the picture of the old me, I realized how much weight I was carrying. And now the new me feels like the normal me. The weight loss has stuck around. It isn't some fad. It's fundamentally changed my build and muscles. I'm so much more toned and have nicely shaped parts to my body. I get so many comments and friends looking at me. They really notice the difference and you don't realize yourself until until you do this, just how much of a change it is. Stronger, fitter, healthier, happier, and more confident. What more could you ask for? I have lost one stone and three pounds, which is more than I ever have on any other diet program. I'm the same way I was in my early 30s, but feel fitter now in my 40s than I did with a better lifestyle. I really think it's a fantastic program. I cannot recommend it enough. So just goes to show there, it is possible to get back to the shape that you were in your 20s and in your 30s. You just need that right approach. So everything that we've covered in this call today, in this, in this podcast today, um, which goes to ticks off all those points. And if you have that, it's, it's completely possible to get to where you want to be. So one final one then. So from Tracy, Tracy said, when I started Trinity, I was a very tight 12, very tight 12. Who am I kidding? I was a size 14. 
It was the biggest and heaviest I've, I've been since having children. It was soul destroying to feel and look so uncomfortable. Mentally, I feel like a different person. It's not just the weight loss or the inches that disappear that gives you that boost. It's the confidence Trinity gives you or rather teaches you in food and life choices. Although I've lost 16 inches, but I know I've lost more as I didn't measure all over. I've also lost one stone, three pounds. Clothes that were far too tight are now far too loose and my energy levels are at a high. My husband says that he's got his wife back, the woman who loved life and lived life. And it's Trinity who helped me to be that person again. So thank you. All right. So they're just a few examples again of, of people inside our program and the results they've seen. And Ben, where can they go? If someone's listening to this and they kind of resonate and they say, this sounds good, I understand this, but maybe they want to find out more. Where can they go to find out more? So to find out more then, head over to www.fit40info.com. And on that site, you'll be able to get all of the information on our Fit Over 40 program, which, which these ladies have followed, which covers everything that we've covered in this podcast today. And um, if, if you think it looks like something you could be interested in, you might want to go ahead and apply and uh, we'll see if it's for you. But again, www.fit40info.com for all those, all those details. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, we really, really appreciate having you listen as always. And we'll be back next week for another episode. We'll catch you then. Mm-hmm.